All Over the Road New Orleans is brought to you by Coin Trader Inc. Mind your money and recorded in front of a live studio audience. You ready? 2022 is going to be the year in American history where we make as a nation the most important decisions we have made since 1776. And that is in the midterm elections. We are either going to choose to be a democracy run by the Constitution of the United States, or we're going to choose to be a socialist country and democracy will forever die. I can't believe John Fetterman won. Oh, yes, the midterms are over. No red wave. No mamma jamma. As I predicted. The King of All Podcasting. This is the recap with special guests Scott McKay and William Wallace. Come on! Semper, my co-host. I am the king of all podcasting bestowed upon me by J.P. Power and Associates. And our special guest today is the world famous from the Hayride, Scott McKay. And of course, William Wallace from William Wallace Foe, America. This is the all over the world New Orleans midterm election recap. I am your announcer speaking. Now here they are. Victor Del Giorno, Ted Semper, Scott McKay, and William Wallace. Scott McKay, ladies and gentlemen, the world the famous. One and only. Thanks for joining us, Scott. It's Victor, Ted, and guess who's here? Your buddy, William Wallace from William Wallace for America is here. Freedom. <laughs> Your old buddy. How did, now, how did the event go after the, what was it, the, uh, what, was it the, the eighth? Was the day after last? Uh, yeah, last Wednesday. Last yeah. Wednesday, How'd yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah, it, it was, was yeah, it was really cool. We had Clark Kurt Schlichter coming down from uh, from mm-hmm. L.A. and he he tore it up. He was terrific. All right, and William was there. He was invited. Did you invite William? Uh, somebody well, bought a ticket. Somebody invited. Somebody, <laughs> somebody invited, invited me. William was invited to like every little political thing ever. I, in, show in I mean, like everybody's invited. It's yeah. just yeah. that they got to buy tickets. They got to buy, ah, buy a ticket. <laughs> hey, but and, you know, and, and everybody should be buying a ticket. More tickets to Scott's event because <laughs> let me tell right. you, Scott does some well, really good events. Have you ever yeah, been to one of his events? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh! If you have, you need to go over to Scott's events, they, he he does a fantastic job. You know, with with these with the speakers and the events, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's a good time. He brings in a lot of people. If you want to get to know somebody. You you meet him at one of Scott's yeah. events. Yeah, we should go, huh? Well, we, before we get too far into this, this is our uh, midterm election recap. We got mm-hmm. a couple of experts here. Ted's kind of a, a quasi expert. I am just going to drive this thing now. Um, I didn't even know about the event until we tried to do something here on the eighth. Mm-hmm. Of course, you two guys were busy, so we figured. Well, and anyway, nothing's really panned out. Like uh, today, we're taping this pot or we're recording this mm-hmm. podcast on the sixteenth of November. And to this point, we still don't have some results, right, Scott? Is that true? I mean, um, some I mean, people. Pe- you have you have most of them. I mean, I I think we know the Republicans are going to get the House. We don't know exactly what the number is. Uh, we know the Republicans didn't get the Senate, but we don't know whether it's going to stay fifty fifty or if the Democrats actually picked up a seat. 
Well, uh, I don't know if, if there's any gubernatorial races that are over that are not over yet. I think those are all done, and I'm not. I can't even remember what well, mm-hmm. the 50, result 50, was. A fifty-fifty, Scott, is really Democrats because fifty-fifty. Uh, uh, the, the vice president breaks the tie, so right. we don't. We don't yeah, have magic numbers fifty-one, yeah. and if you can't get the fifty-one, uh, if you're the Republicans without having the White House, then you're just. just I mean, it's just almost the same as being at forty-nine. So. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where we are because yeah, okay. you had races that, you know, people thought were going to go Republican that didn't. So, OK, we got a lot to cover. OK, but before we do, before we do get, get really dig into this thing. All right. I I watched it thoroughly. Of course, I knew some of this stuff. First of all, uh, before the Saints season, we had a show, Scott, you weren't on it. And people were picking what the Saints record was being. Everybody was picking winning records. And I was the one that said, uh, uh-uh, nah. No, Sean Payton. I, I picked him to be like six and eleven or something. Yeah, is what I picked. I don't even think they may even do that. I also predicted we were talking about the midterms that there was not going to be a red wave. All right, and my opinion was that the media was was hyping this red wave thing to keep people at home or to discourage people from voting or to kind of make it disappointing when it came down the way it came down. Am I uh, crazy, guys, for thinking that? No, I don't think uh-huh. you are. Well, what I would say is if you look at the raw vote totals across the country, there was a red wave. Um, there was uh, there were five million more votes for Republicans across the country than there were votes for Democrats. And that is a 12 million vote swing from 2020 to 2022. Now, why didn't it result in uh, large numbers of seats being cha- you know, changing hands? Uh, and the answer there is, you know, think of it this way. The red wave came, but there were seawalls all over the country. Um, and elections have changed in very large uh, ways in a lot of these states that, you know, continue to be contentious, whether it's Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, you know, Georgia, to a little less uh, of an extent than, than in 2020. You know, where you now have things like mail-in ballots being sent out on a universal basis. And the Democrats have figured out how to do elections. They, you know, they don't count votes anymore. They count ballots. Um, and so it's, you know, it's all about when the ballot goes out, whether somebody, you know, gets it, fills it out and returns it, which is a much different thing than getting, you know, souls yeah. to the polls. Um, and, and, you know, until the Republicans figure out a solution for how to compete in that marketplace, mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot of elections that look exactly like the one last week. Hey, can I ask you a question that, that boggles my mind is the, the early voting, the early voting stuff. Okay. I voted on election day. Somebody told me if you don't vote on election day, that gives the Democrats a bigger chance to cheat and all this. I'm like, okay, I'll vote on election day. But if there's only so many votes, for each side, so to speak, or each candidate, why is early voting used by the Democrats as an advantage? I just don't get I'm it. Gonna give, I'll give you the. Ele- I don't understand it. I'll Did give you, you the- what the the, the election ahead. people are saying on the that are anti voting machines. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're saying that what happens in early voting gives the algorithms in the machines the opportunity to figure out how many votes they need to you know basically get from ballot harvesting on election day to manipulate the election in their favor. Mm-hmm. So if they're saying, okay, you know, you're getting two Republicans to every Democrat, then the algorithm says, okay, we got the, you know, 
2.1 Democrat in the algorithm, and that's and they, they figure out how to get the ballot harvesting that they need to. And I'm, I'm kind of sim- giving it more simplistic terms for listeners' purposes, but that's what they're saying that the algorithms yeah. figure out what they need to cheat on election day. So they tell people actually vote in person after three o'clock on election day because it, it kind of cheats the algorithms out of being so what you're that. saying is the the uh the democrats use that to their advantage Correct. Re- republicans are not doing that Correct. somebody used an analogy of like in baseball the dh in in uh is, is it an american international it's now? Both now okay but like if i don't like the dh i still have to do that i have to you know use that to try to do it to my advantage so the republicans might as well just jump in and start doing that well, you know, or just getting involved. I tell people when people ask why I, do, why I cover so much election integrity and stuff, I said, look, whether you believe it or not, it's a way to get more people involved because if everybody is more aware that there's possibility that, that our machines are getting broken into or hacked or algorithms or ballot harvesting, if you just have a suspicion, well, then get involved because the more people that get involved in the process, mm-hmm. the less opportunity anybody has to cheat and the le- the more... Involved we are, like I said, the more sacred elections become. What do you think, Scott? Uh, Well, I mean, you can look at what happened in Arizona. Um, Did Lake win win or she lost? No. uh, Right now they're saying Katie Hobbs is is the winner of that race. That's a job right there. Well, okay. And here's what happened. So, uh, you know, you went practically a month of early voting with mail-in ballots, okay, in Arizona. And those ballots were counted after the fact. Um, and then, but also, you, you know, what you could do is you could actually drop a mail-in ballot someplace on election day. Um, and so election day comes and in Maricopa County, which is Phoenix, but not just Phoenix, right? Like it's, you know, Scottsdale and Tempe and all these other Glendale and all these other places, the sub- suburbs of Phoenix. Um, so it's like more than half of the votes in Arizona come out of Maricopa County. Uh, they, they had something like 225 or so tabulators at, uh, polling locations in Maricopa County, 70 of them go on the fritz on election day. Just so happens those 70 are in Republican dominated areas. Okay. So the tabulators aren't working and they tell all these people, look, uh, just put your ballot in this box and it'll be counted at the central location. Mm -hmm. So people do that. Um, and, uh, then they decide they're going to count those votes last. They count like the the election day votes that were, uh, you know, were were delivered without any trouble. They're going to count those first. Then they're going to count mail-in ballots. Then they're going to count the same day drop-off votes. All right. Well, the same day drop-off vote was like all Carrie Lake. All right. But the mail-in ballot was, uh, vote was mostly Katie Hobbs. So the deal is, and I mean, you know, you can take a conspiratorial mindset here, but it's not that hard. They had these 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 uh, drop off ballots in boxes. And if you think that they didn't have those boxes weighed and the mail in ballots also weighed on an individual basis and then weigh those boxes when they got to the central location, then you're kidding yourself. They knew exactly by weight and doing math how many votes were in those things, and they knew based on where they came from what percentage of them were Carrie Lake's votes. So they put that aside and took a week to count it. Meanwhile, they were counting in ma- counting mail-in ballots that were coming in through the back door. Mm-hmm. 
And they had just enough ballots to get Katie Hobbs that win. Who is the secretary of state and is in charge of the county. Right. All right. Don't tell me that this was an yeah. honestly held election no, in a state which had had the same kinds of problems in 2020. Mm-hmm. It was a complete screw job. It was obviously so. Yeah. And the point is, until you learn how to beat the Democrats at that game, you are going to continue to have results just like this mm-hmm. because those people are all about power. They're not about principle. They're not about doing things right. They're not about law. They're certainly not about morality. This is about how to get power over your fellow man, and they are figuring out yeah. how to do it. Now, there was one thing that was done uh, that, I mean, this is the, the actual solution to all this without engaging in the same kind of shenanigans that Democrats do. Um, Mike Lindell, who's the, the My Pillow guy, mm. uh, funded election integrity teams in places all across the country. Um, and in, in, in Wisconsin, the folks that he had really, really did some interesting stuff. Uh, they went through the voter rolls and they found like all the fluff in the voter rolls, the dead people, the people that moved away, the people who don't really exist, (laughs) the people whose addresses are, you know, PO boxes somewhere and all this kind of stuff. Um, And, you know, and started like with the County registrars all over Wisconsin started challenging, you know, all of these, you know, tens of thousands of, you know, fake voters, phantom voters on on the voter rolls um because this is the thing anywhere the democrats control the electoral process they will not scrub the voter rolls because those lines on the on the you know the voter file are gold for them because especially in a state where they start doing universal mail-in balloting that's a ballot that's going to get sent out and if somebody gets that ballot fills it out and sends it back in that's a vote Mm-hmm. Or they or the ballot harvesting teams get use those registrations. Well, that's, what, that's who. The, well, that's how they are. Fellas, I mean, fellas, the fellas, point fellas, is, fellas, listen. This is freaking ridiculous. This is total freaking horseshit. And you know, yeah, and, and listen, and something is going to be done. If you can't get a fair election in this country, we're all freaking doomed. Okay, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's, 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 it's obvious. Why don't somebody, you know, why don't someone bring this to the Supreme Court now? Since we have the House now, the probably and they're going to probably because they're going to get the House today. If you if you watch CNN, it says we still need one more, um, and and it got awful tight. We were up by like sixty votes uh, Tuesday night and uh, last Tuesday, and yeah. now we're like it's nip and tuck with the the damn right. House. Um, You'll end up with like two twenty one. I yeah. think is the, is a projection I've seen, which is three more than the two eighteen. So you, you which ain't much, up, but it's something. You can't bring up something to bring this Supreme Court about this voting. Look, there's only one solution to this, one and one only. You got to vote in person. You got to have an ID. Here in Louisiana, yep. as back as backwards as Louisiana is, you cannot vote yep. without an ID. You need right. an ID. Okay, you got to have That's a freaking ID. You got to be alive. You got to be breathing. Um, as it, a, yeah, as amazing as it sounds especially given our history and, and, and in a lot of respects with respect to public policy, our present mm-hmm. Louisiana is actually a model for how the country ought to be doing its election. Exactly. System. You right. vote in person here, you vote with an ID. Uh, you know, we do absentee voting, but you have to have a, an excuse to do it. Yeah. Okay. We don't do mail-in balloting pretty much at all. You know I mean? Like if you're overseas military, that's like the only real thing that we do on mail-in balloting. So uh, or if you're like infirm and can't get to, to the polls. But I mean, just just anybody can't get a mail in ballot in Louisiana. So they, like, that's how an honest election has to be run. And yet some of these things, I mean, Washington and Colorado, for example, the whole thing is mail in balloting. 
Right. <laughs> I mean, like it's all mail-in ballots, and of course, and it's not even you know, it's not even requesters. If they have you in the voter file, and you have you know, you've got an address, mm-hmm. they send you a ballot. Yeah. And I mean, you know, so you get people that have moved away, or people that died, or whatever. Don't think for one second that there aren't operatives right. who know all of those people and are waiting for that ballot to come in, and they fill it out and send it back in. And that's it. I mean, what the Republicans need to do is have the same kind of research and have their own guy waiting for that ballot to show up. In the I mail. know, they're, they're the wusses. They're wusses. OK, listen, um, I don't care who wins. I don't care who loses. I just want an honest election. And my, my well, you don't I'm have afraid, it. I know. I'm afraid that we'll mm-hmm. never, ever have one again. Look, we're going to take a quick break. I want to talk about Donald Trump running for president. I want to talk about Abrams, Maloney, Pelosi. There was some good news. Uh, DeSantos. Um, and Herschel. Okay, when we come right back, all over the road, the podcast runs with Scott McKay, William Wallace, Teddy, and me. We'll be right back. This is, in fact, bad for the Democrats. They're going to misread this. It's like, oh, we won. Joe Biden was not punished. This morning, had there been a big red wave, everybody would be going, blame Joe Biden. I don't care what people tell you, inflation is here. They're about ready to put a tax on beef, a tax on pork. If you've seen the price of milk, inflation is here. Shortages are here. And financially, you got to figure out what the heck you're going to do with excess cash. They call it discretionary income. Well, the best thing that you need to do is to contact our friends at Coin Trader Inc. They deal with all the precious metals, rare coins. It's completely private. You don't need a social security number. You could be Bozo the Clown and open an account with Coin Trader. They've been around for 15 years. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Call them today and protect your hard-earned wealth. Gold, silver, platinum, palladium and rare U.S. and ancient coins. They're experts in all that stuff. Give them a call at 504-267-6004 and tell them the king of all podcasts sent you. This is the All of the Road New Orleans Midterm Election Recap. I am your announcer speaking. Now here they are. Victor Del Giorno, Ted Semper, Scott McKay and William Wallace. Thank you, studio audience, for coming out here in this chilly weather. It's kind of chilly down here in New Orleans. I hate it. I hate it. Studio audience shows up in numbers. Bring back last week. Okay. Mid-80s. All right, enough with the damn voting because that's right. just a rigged system. I, I don't know what to, now. Donald Trump announced last night on the fifteenth. We are recording this on the sixteenth. Gosh, I was so surprised. And uh, you know what's funny? <laughs> While he was his speech, the power went out here in at my house. <laughs> oh, the generator popped back up. I got the generator. Yeah. I got the generac. But yeah. it was right in the middle of his speech, so I don't know where that. But they were digging somewhere around here anyway. The goofballs mm-hmm. here in New Orleans, but must be must be Democrat <clears throat> diggers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the mm-hmm. Democratic ditch diggers. But um, the uh, Trump. Actually mentioned uh, in his uh, speech last night the same thing, you know, paper ballots, um, Mm -hmm. you know, ID, vote in person. Okay, so now we're past that. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. If it doesn't happen, I mean, we're all freaking doomed. Well, the problem is the Democrats have won the narrative on if you want all of that, it's because you want to disenfranchise poor people. People of color. You're attacking democracy. Yeah, you're attacking democracy because you don't want people to vote. You want restrictions. And that's the narrative that they create. And unfortunately, so many Republicans are spineless and standing up to it. And that's why we lose. You've got to prove your life. You know what they said was what what affected how people voted in this past midterm was the candidates that went with election election denying, like Mm. we're talking about, but like saying in 20, Trump didn't get, you know, it was ripped off from him. 
candidates that said that, Carrie Lake did that. Mm-hmm. I understand, and I, maybe Scott would know better, the, the guy who ran for governor and got beat badly in, uh, I think, Pennsylvania said that. And they got beat bad. It's a big negative with voters. They're like, let's move on and forget it. It's like when, when you hear defund the police. I hate that. Yeah. That has election denying has the same effect on people. And to your point, Ted, is, is that I've got Republicans who come to me and say, how can you keep talking about election integrity? Don't you know the machines are safe? Everything's yeah. safe. Our elections are safe. I mean, I've got Republicans who are Trump supporters that will tell that will tell me how safe and secure our elections mm-hmm. are around the country and that, you know, you you're you a denier and you're a conspiracy theorist for saying that yeah. there's a problem with our elections and this is amongst Republicans and Scott made a great point. I think it was a few days ago last week when conservatives are fighting against conservatives, Republicans are fighting against Republicans, mm-hmm. and they, you know, we, we have infighting. And that's the other reason, to your point, Vic, is why we're not making any head or headway on our elections because if Republicans are fighting Republicans. Yeah. Well, Scott, and, and, well uh, Trump is the biggest election denier, but like Vic just said. I love that he would Scott he, have to he, say about that. Though. Well, I do. Okay, well, he, Scott. Didn't say, he didn't say anything about that last oh, night. Oh, yes, he did. Well, he talked about what you said about let's do this with the elections, but he's not going back to 20 and saying, I got beat. No, you know. But he did. He did mention that. He might have mentioned it. He did but, mention it. He did not. T- okay. Uh, talking about Trump. Okay. Scott. Uh, you know, yeah. congratulations to the people of Florida and the way they conducted this election and got all the results out. And the results were, you know, overwhelming, uh, flipping a blue state to red, DeSantos, DeSantos. And then after DeSantos had the big night, Florida had the big night. Trump came out and said something like, oh, I got some stuff on him, which I wish he wouldn't have said. OK, now, when he said that, when he said that, all right, I was the type of guy that I said, look, if there's a primary, I'm going to vote for DeSantos. I'm not voting for Trump. OK, because he's just got so much baggage. But last night. He was freaking brilliant. He was brilliant last night. He had this whole different demeanor. I think he's learning something. And some of the commentators were saying something like, look, if this dude keeps playing like this, I mean, if he was a ball player, yeah. he, he's unbeatable. What did you think about the speech? I assume you, you saw it. I, I, what did you think about the speech last night? And uh, do you think he's, uh, you know, got a, got a good shot? Well, I didn't see the whole thing. So, I mean, I can give you the impressions of, of you know, the, the parts of it that I did see. I think his tone was much better uh, than certainly than it's been. Uh, I, I still don't like the timing of this because, you know, uh, I mean, you know, Josh Miller, who's one of Trump's closest advisors, had publicly said that, you know, look, you really shouldn't do this until after the Georgia runoff is over. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, if he was going to do it, I think this is how you needed to do it, which yeah, is Georgia's not going to matter because Georgia's going to make it a tie. Georgia's not going to matter. It doesn't matter. You, you know still got to win that race. Well, but here's the you thing. Still, you still got to win it. I okay, mean, but I, you're not going to win it because he's a bad candidate. All right. He's a bad candidate. Well, look, he, wait, Raphael Warnick is not a good candidate either. I mean, well, this I is we, we get <laughs> we get we beat ourselves up over the idea that all these Republicans have got to be so good. They just elected John Fetterman in Pennsylvania. I mean, there's I mean, I Pennsylvania elected a dead guy to the state <laughs> yeah, legislature. Yeah. Those people have no standards of, of a kid. I mean, it, none of that even. Look at Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs is like, I, I doubt she's got an 85 IQ, this woman. Okay. Right. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, like, in terms of candidate quality, people are way too hung up on that. You know, can Herschel Walker win? Yeah. In fact, he probably should. 
it's important that everybody pull out the stops. I mean, I just saw, I think John Kennedy's no. going to be there, I think, tomorrow to go campaign for him. I mean, you're going to have, like, every Republican figure in the country is going to go there. Probably the same thing with the Democrats, other than the fact that, let's face it, the national Democrats really won't help Warnock if they show up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think you do bring you, Nancy Pelosi to Georgia and uh, get that to help her out there. Warren. Do you think Trump, Trump's going to go to Georgia? Oh, he will. I think. Yeah, he will. I mean, the the interesting thing is going to be if Ron DeSantis goes to Georgia, which I expect him to. You know, is that going to trigger Trump to make another one of his little you know remarks that he's made? Which mm-hmm. I hope is not the case because you know he's never been criticized as much as he was criticized following him snapping off about, you know, DeSantis and Glenn Youngkin mm-hmm. and, and when he, you know, he was kind of dancing on Joe O'Day's grave when O'Day lost in Colorado, which was just a really bad look. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the thing about Trump is this, if he were, if he's able to show that he's got the kind of discipline where he can go weeks and months without doing things that alienate people who have already voted for him in 16 and 20, then I think you you know he can stabilize himself a, as the guy at the top of the ticket in twenty four. Guys, but, do you think do you think he can get swing voters, or do you think? I, my opinion of Trump is he's got his people, and that's it. I mean, can he get a swing? Well, voter? I, I don't know that it's I don't know that it's a question of Trump getting swing voters. I think it's a question of Joe Biden driving them away. Right. Because believe me, yeah, we have true. not stopped suffering as a result of Joe Biden just because the Republicans took the House. Right. You are still going to have runaway inflation. You're probably going to have a market crash. I mean, we're out of diesel. They're, the trucks have already stopped running in the Northeast. So you're going to start having empty shelves, prices through the roof. You're going to have a massive supply, a supply chain disruption. I mean, you can go on and on and on about all of the horrors that are about to come as a result of Biden policies that are not going to be reversed. Right now, look, um, if we, and if we, so if we get the house. Are we going to do some investigations, some witch hunts like they did to us? I mean, is that- oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll do that. Well, I don't even think they're witch hunts. I think they're like legitimate investigations. Yeah, exactly. I don't care if they're legitimate or not. Just do it. No, they probably. Well, I mean, yeah, just- I mean you I mean, can't you know- run Republican investigations that look like the January 6th commission where there's no cross-examination oh, no. of witnesses right. and no evidentiary standards. You can't do that. You have to run real investigations. But within that, yeah, they should absolutely be as aggressive as possible. I mean, you know, there's buzz that I, I heard on the Hill today about impeaching Alejandro uh, Mayorkas, the Homeland Security uh, Secretary, and that absolutely should be done because this guy mm-hmm. is a walking disaster. I think, you know, I mean, I, in fact, I would impeach the entire cabinet. I'd go after Buttigieg. I'd, <laughs> I'd go after uh, Lloyd Austin Buttigieg. and Jake well. Sullivan. And and Mark Milley over Afghanistan, I would go after Mayorkas. I'd go after the education secretary that sicked the uh, the FBI on parents at school board meetings. I mean, every one of those things. Jennifer Granholm, the Mm. yeah, Jennifer Granholm, the uh, the energy secretary. Yeah, I, I would impeach every single one of them, and then I would go launch your investigation in the Hunter Biden's laptop, and and then appoint us as special counsel or independent prosecutor, or whatever, uh, to to go and investigate that, and then go to the Democrats and say, look, um, we're going to either impeach your guy or maybe as a compromise, uh, let's just get together and do a Twenty Fifth Amendment proceeding. 
because he's clearly lost his marbles and should not be president. Yeah, but then, then we got but then, Kamala. But, yeah. yeah, but then who do we put in there, Scott? Well, look, here's the thing. I think, I, you know, look, I'm one of these people who believe that there's value in the churn. Uh, yeah. Okay? If you, if you suck as bad as Joe Biden does, I don't even really care who replaces you. They could be just as bad. But at right. least we can say we got rid of you. And then, you know, and in so doing, we enforced some standard of quality that uh, that, you know, that there remains after the fact. And, you know, as bad as Harris is. So what? OK, I mean, you went from one bad president to another and, you know, at least you have a different bad president. But, they, but then they get <laughs> bragging rights to say they first they got the first minority female in office and they'll brag okay. about that for the next 20, 30 years. Well, OK. And they can brag about it when they lose in 2024 because she's even more of a of a terrible political brand than Joe Biden is. Remember, the Democrat Party knew all about Joe Biden and his lost marbles mm-hmm. and still picked him as the nominee, you know, and Kamala Harris was at the bottom of the heap. That's a reflection of, of even, you know, uh, tertiary political skill with respect to Biden. And I mean, Biden is bad. Harris is worse. I have absolutely no problem making her president after getting rid of Biden because I'm going to get I'm going to I'm definitely going to run her off. Look, if you ran uh, Trump against Kamala Harris, Trump can Trump could trash every other Republican in America and he would still beat her. She's absolutely unwinnable. Well, you know what? We can give him Dennis Allen if they want him. Uh, we'll give him Dennis Allen. Take him, please. Little Saints coach. Please. I think Dennis Allen would concede the race before it even started. And, and, yeah. Scott, and Scott, to your point, I think that the Democrats have proved between Biden, uh, between Fetterman, and between DeLuca, this dead guy they just elected in Pennsylvania, that this next what? president. A yeah, dead guy. Yeah, the, 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 yeah the, Tony DeLuca was Tony, a dead guy. He was Tony a state DeLuca rep in Pennsylvania, dead. and they elected him posthumously. He was dead, How and he's still dead. He was dead. He was he on still the ballot. Won the election. He was still on the ballot. He was said he won the election. So was, to, to, to that, to Scott's point, you know, the Democrats will start putting up either dead people or dogs or whatever, mm-hmm. and, 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 I, I and mean, proving that they, that they can win with their illegal election tactics that they use. They'll be able to elect anybody. With okay, that. Okay. Well, they, and, and let, I mean, I should make this point because you, you guys brought up DeSantis and, and Florida and the and the and the route in the red wave that came in. Yeah. You know, there's there is an intervening event between DeSantis winning over uh, crack or meth head Andrew Gillum by 30,000 votes Mm -hmm. in 18 and what happened last week, which is that when DeSantis got inaugurated in Florida, one of the first things they did was scrub the voter rolls and kept them clean in Florida. And that way, they didn't have any of this ballot harvesting thing because the voter rolls are clean. All of those lines on the voter file correspond to living, breathing human beings that live in Florida. And so you don't have the the opportunity for the kind of shenanigans that these guys pull like they can do in a state like Wisconsin or Pennsylvania or Arizona, where you have lots and lots of fluff on the voter rolls. And in places like California, where there's tons of illegal aliens on the voter rolls, and they run up this big number for the Democrats all the time. I mean, that is a real thing. That is a real effect of the kind of corruption that these people specialize in. So, you know, if if we're talking about, you know, kind of a one to one thing, can Trump beat Harris? Can Trump beat Biden? Or does it have to be the same? All of that presupposes that over the next two years, the Republican Party figures out how, a way to force those voter rolls clean 
or to, you know, impose their own sort of solution on this ballot harvesting contest that the Democrats want to make our election. I mean, I'm not saying you got to go intercept those ballots when they come in the mail and go vote them Republican. I'm saying you intercept them and go, you know, set them on fire somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, Scott, point. listen. Point. Scott, listen. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you got Scott going, man. I, I, you know, Scott, you you said earlier that you know it really was it really was a red wave, really, but you know you sound pretty hot, buddy. You don't sound like somebody that is happy about what's going on. Okay? Yeah, but what, what he well, said was there was more, uh, you know, red votes. I know than blue, but they didn't fall in the right places. Okay, here, here's, here's that's well, that's just it. They knew how to protect their vulnerable people. And then the way they did it was was generating ballots and turning them in. Yeah. Now, now look, Scott I, and William and Ted, I, I'm the type of guy that I like pleasure. I'm a pleasure guy. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Let me tell you some things I took pleasure in. Okay. okay? Yeah. No more Pelosi. That's she, pleasurable. That's she fine. She fired. Yeah. She gone. She gone. She gone. And another one, that freaking gap tooth schmuck Abrams. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that stupid broad did in, you, in, in, yeah. in Georgia. Did you, did you she got the, blown out. Did you see yeah. the picture of her serving a bag of McDonald's through the drive-up window <laughs> no. to uh, to Kemp? Yeah, there's a, it came oh, after God. the election. It's a JPEG of her. Yeah, you know, they of course they photoshopped it. They show her handing a bag of uh, McDonald's bag. To the, now, now the, here's an example. If you do, yeah, and, and I, the caption on that has to be. Uh, uh, milkshake machine is broken. It's, oh, it always is. Yeah. It always is. Um, but the other thing is, too, that can show you that we can have an honest, fair election in this country is in the state of New York where Maloney gets beat. And he was yeah. some kind of Whig Democratic. What was he? Uh, yeah, Scott? he ran the DCCC, the, the yeah. Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. He yeah. got beat. Um, he was in charge of everybody else winning. He did a hell of a job with them mm-hmm. and yet couldn't save himself. I mean, that, that's something that was obviously an yeah. honest election. The other thing that really surprised me is the fact that Newsom in California yeah. got like almost 70 percent of the vote. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these well, that's people, all the illegal votes there. It's got to be something. These people aren't happy in California. No, no. How does a guy get 70% but they didn't, I, The Republican Party put no resources into running anybody against him. I mean, it's not even really it, it, like, you know, it's you remember when Bobby Jindal ran for reelection in 11 in Louisiana and the mm-hmm. Democrats candidate was like a fifth grade teacher mm-hmm. from Haynesville who had like $10,000 slowly, <laughs> you know, and Jindal got 70% of the vote for that. Yeah. And it was like. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you didn't even have a race. So it's the same kind of thing. I mean, is that, you know, if you ask Bobby, people, you know, about Bobby Jindal a year or two later, and it's like, oh, yeah, right, whatever. And I think that's kind of how it's going to be with Newsom. Although, you know, they're going to tout the guy. They're going to make him out to be, you know, I mean, if it goes to hell in a handbasket and they can't run Biden in 24, Newsom would be the guy that I would expect them to run. Sure. I I don't I have no idea how you're going to get I don't even know how you can ballot harvest your way to uh, Gavin Newsom in a place like Michigan or Pennsylvania or, um, you know, or some Wisconsin or some of these Midwestern states. There's just no way. Okay, I want to take one more quick break, okay? because uh, I want to ask you about do you think the abortion issue uh, had anything to do with some of these races? Um, I want to talk about Fetterman and his wife in particular, and uh, also the DOJ, the FBI, and the OBGYNs. We'll be right back. 
still a win for pro-lifers. This new generation is totally brainwashed. When we just owned the libs, we, we didn't win those races. This is not a surprise. We knew it would be extremely tight. Forget the red wave, the red tide, whatever it was, it doesn't matter at this point. They're always going to spin things against us. Single women and voters under 40 have been captured by Democrats. So we need these ladies to get married. The all over the road. Listen or comment line. Say whatever you want. 24 hours a day. Tell a story. Give your opinion. You'll be on the next podcast. So go ahead. Don't be shy. Call 504-603-6753. This is the All Over the Road New Orleans Midterm Election Recap. I am your announcer speaking. Now here they are. Victor Del Giorno, Ted Semper, Scott McKay, and William Wallace. All right, we're here with Scott McKay from the Hayride. William Wallace. Hey, William. William I'm Wallace here. From it's I'm very here. sporty today in a nice little vest. It's oh, yeah. very sporty. Ted Semper, my brother in broadcasting. I'm Victor Del Giorno, the king of all podcasting. Now listen. Scott, the issue of uh, the abortion issue. Now, do you think that that had an outcome in some of these states? Um, because I think if you look at a broad view at a lot of these states, and it looks like a lot, I mean, most people are not for it. Um, am I incorrect by saying that? Well, you got to watch I say broad view. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, okay. I, I think, no, okay, the Democrats' view. position on abortion which is abortion on demand all the way up to childbirth, the whole bit, um, is, a, is an extreme position that only one out of six people are for. Okay, so their, um, their, their effort to, to win on that issue is based on trying to portray the conservative position on abortion as something that it's not. Um, and really, the, you know, you've got like the, the mainstream pro-life position, uh, which, you know, which is to, well, involves things like care pregnancy centers and so forth. And, you know, whatever the, the legal issue is, they want to do everything they can to incentivize people not to choose it. OK. Um, and then most places like, for example, the Mississippi law at issue in the Dobbs case was a 15 week abortion ban. OK. Which 15 weeks is, you know, you're almost halfway through your pregnancy. It's, it's really not a very extreme, um, extreme thing. And in places where they've talked about a 15 week abortion ban, um, you know, that's a majority position in most places. It's not in places like New York and California. Um, so, like, you know, the issue is, all right, um, you know, what what are people looking at abortion and saying, you know, that that the Republican position is extreme? The Louisiana law, you probably can't make play in most places. It's it's on the, the most restrictive end. But this is a this is about as pro-life a state as you get. Right. right? You've got a lot of Catholics here. You've got a lot of evangelicals. It's a pretty religious state. And, you know, people are culturally in Louisiana. Just they don't like abortion at all. So. You know, but the number one. Well, the the number one. um, What I was going to say is the number one uh, uh, bit of attractiveness 
of the uh, Republican position with respect to the Supreme Court and Roe v. Wade is that abortion ought to be a political issue decided by people in the states. Mm-hmm. Now, that having been said, the, you know, the, if you want to really whack somebody upside the head for what happened in the midterms, the guy you go talk to is freaking Lindsey Graham, who had to bring a federal bill imposing an abortion ban, right? I think it was a 15-week ban, which the bill itself is not, like, horrible, but the whole point was to say, look, nobody's right to an abortion is being taken away based on Dobbs. What, you know, what that would, if something like that would happen, it's because your state legislature is going to write a law that would then restrict abortion. But you can move to another state. You could even go have an abortion in another state. Those things are now back down to the state level. When he goes and brings that bill in the Senate, you have now nationalized abortion as a matter of federal policy, at least with respect to the discussion of the issue. And you blow away one of the most important planks in the argument for why Dobbs is a great result that overturns Roe v. Wade and nobody should lose their minds over it. And, and yet he did it. And there are a lot of people out there who will tell you that this was done to try to stanch the red wave because Lindsey Graham is buddies with Mitch McConnell and Mitch McConnell would have been tossed as the Senate you know, Republican leader right. if 54, 55 seats had gone Republican this year because all of the new guys would have voted against McConnell. But am I Although, right? And am there's I, a lot of evidence yeah. to indicate that that could be the case well, McConnell, because but, like Jack Posobiec uh, from Human Events wrote, uh, there were six states that abortion played big enough to deny Republicans a Senate seat. But McConnell got back in Senate uh, today with a 37 to 10 votes in favor of 37 yeah. in favor of him. Well, you, you know these uh, how these votes work. When somebody gets a majority, a bunch of people that were going to go against them decide, well, well what's, what's I don't want to be able to lose inside of this. What's guy, McConnell's he's deal? What's his deal? Uh, oh, I don't get it. He's been there forever. Yeah. What What is, uh, well, first of all, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the abortion issue was a non-issue in these primaries. I do. Well, you I know, do too. I, what I like to talk about, too, on this is, is, is the Republicans, again, once again, lose the opportunity to show an, a different narrative or show their side of the story. And had the Republicans pose this as, look, we got rid of Roe v. Wade, but we took power away from the federal government mm-hmm. when they did that. You know, and mm-hmm. for and for the people on the left, you should be able to say, hey, look, this takes power away from any future Republicans that might be in office to be able to make decisions for everybody when this decision took power away from the federal government mm-hmm. and gave it back to the people, right. brought it closer to the states. And to Scott McKay's point, which is, look, now it's a state, a state decision, and those people who are pro-choice can fight for, you know, air quote, their rights on a state level but, right. instead of having to fight a federal government. But that's not the narrative that's being pushed. Exactly. And then by the media. Republicans so that's lose opportunities all the time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's on the state level. That's you know, it. Boom. Yeah. Right. And, and, and like it, it, it is an issue. State. It is an issue with young women. They made it an issue. Well, it's an issue. Well, okay. Well, that's, that's the other, that's the other right. piece that I was going to say is yeah. abortion did play 
Because if you, you know, you look at, and it's not necessarily even just young women, but single women in America were a D plus 37 demographic, according to the exit polls. Mm -hmm. Every other category, Republicans are up. Married men, married women, single men, Republicans were plus at least four. Uh, well, they're plus four. I think it was with single men, and then they're in the double digits plus in both married women and, and married men and married women. But they're minus thirty-seven with single women. Okay, um, and look, there are a whole lot of single women that you can look at them and know that friggin' abortion is not a big issue. Okay, <laughs> but but you hmm. know there are there are some that are, yeah. and you know, look, we have a culture in this country that. I think affects women more than men. Um, but uh, you know, like we have a culture that basically tells women, you know, you, you can, you can engage in the same kind of behavior as a man does. You can get as big a notch count as you want and it's no big deal or whatever. It's a lie. It's not true, but they believe it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and they think abortion is the backstop for that. Um, and you know, we have probably a whole nother show to talk about that issue, but, I mean, this is something that single women, I mean, they're in the whole sex in the city mindset and, uh, you know, they don't want anything to interrupt that. And when you start bringing bills at the federal level to tell them, you know, look, I mean, there's going to be restrictions on this. I mean, you know, it's going to hurt you in, in a midterm or or a federal race. And so, you know, the pro-life side's got to be very disciplined in how they, do this because at the state, you know, I mean, you may be winning on the law and you might even at, at the state level, particularly in red states, be able to win uh, the politics of it. But you are in no way, shape, matter or form um, on the on the right side of the culture right now. And Scott, until that changes, this is going to be a dangerous issue for Republicans. So, Scott, to your point earlier, when you said that, you know, one in six you know, that abortion was uh, more of a one in six decision on who was really worried about it, and what you're saying right now, I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking at it as: Do you think that the media really parlayed those fewer that those, the fewer women that believe in abortion and their rights of abortion used those narratives and parlayed it or magnified it to make it a bigger issue than what it actually really is? Well, it totally did. Now, I, you know, in, like for example, in Michigan. Um, the issue in Michigan was supposed to be Gretchen Whitmer being the freaking branch Covidian queen for shutting the schools down for, you know, a year and a half and, and doing all the crazy stuff that she did. And Tudor Dixon was making a lot of headway on that. However, you had a statewide proposition on the ballot that basically ensconced abortion on demand as a constitutional right in Michigan and the pro-abortion movement, you know, moved in and spent millions and millions and millions of dollars on Prop Three, um, so and it won, and passed. Whitmer won. It passed the the thing. In yeah, the it passed. Yeah, it passed. And you know, and there were a bunch of there were a bunch of ballot propositions in a number of states: Montana, Kansas. Um, I don't remember the kind. I think it was something in California as well that were. I mean, that were designed to turn out the pro-abortion vote in those states and it worked for them. I mean, it was, it absolutely was something that they were able to monetize. One of the things that now the Republicans have the house have got to do. 
and they, this is a, a sheer matter of political will, is they have got to defund Planned Parenthood. You know, and like, we've gone through this before and they do this thing when you say, all right, look, we're not we're not funding Planned Parenthood with any federal grants or any of this stuff. And Planned Parenthood's people will come back and say, well, abortion is only five percent of our business. But this is the thing. You know what? You know what's now also part of Planned Parenthood's business? They give puberty parts. blockers. Yeah. And they well, sell, they body, sell parts. body parts. They, they sell body parts, but they are giving puberty blockers to kids. Okay, Sick. which are the same Sick. drugs that they give sex offenders to chemically castrate them. All right. Mm, yeah. So the answer is, oh, abortion's only five percent of our of what we do, and it's like, yeah, we know what else you do. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we're not fa- we're going to fund that either. So, and if, and this is the thing: if you defund Planned Parenthood, if you're the Republicans in the House, that is going to deny the Democrats more than a half a billion dollars per election cycle that gets funneled into Democrat candidates. Okay, uh, this guys, is literally a funding engine of the Democrat hey, Party that yeah. the GOP will not stop Go ahead, Def- giving money to. Defund Planned Parenthood, and then and then defund NPR while you're at it. Well, I thought that uh, Trump did defund Planned Parenthood when he was in, didn't he? Uh, wasn't that true? No, oh, he didn't. He, he, he tried. tried. He, tried. he, he couldn't tried. do it. Okay, now listen, listen, listen. I am, of course, uh, William, you know, you're full-time into this. You're an expert. Scott, of course, you're an expert. Teddy thinks he's an expert. <laughs> Scott McKay is the expert. I know. Well, you're kind of an expert. Yeah. Um, you're our, you're our, our expert. Well, yeah, yeah we far. love you. Yeah. Um, I am not an expert, okay? Uh, I'm a comedian. All right, now listen. I have mm-hmm. the actual game plan. Listen, by the time we finish this podcast, guys, listen, you guys are, I have the game plan to okay. win the next presidential election. It's real simple. I'm going to okay. give that to you by the end of the show. But before we do that, let me tell you this. Let me ask you this, Scott. I, if I were president, other than bombing the Great Wall, which would be the first thing I'd do, um, right away, I'd bomb that wall, <laughs> the, the smithereens. You're talking about the China Wall? The China Wall, Okay, yeah, yeah okay. Just um, to be clear. I would do this. I think the DOJ's got to go. Yeah. It's got to be cleaned out and maybe change a name to it to Department of Farts or whatever. I think the FBI's got to go, get rid of it and call it something else. I just, you know, when it comes to those two organizations, I mean, I think it's I think we're in bad shape. I mean, what do you think of that? I mean, I, I, I think if someone like Trump gets in, he's going to he's going to clean all that stuff. Well, he said drain the swamp last well, time. He, he was going to move them all to like Kansas or yeah. something like that. Not but, that easy. But don't forget the Department of Education. That's easy. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. What do you think of all that, Scott? What do you think of the DOJ and the FBI and all this stuff? And well, the, 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 the tax, the, the IRS, 80,000 IRS agents uh, I've heard they're going to hire and they have guns. Is this all true? Well, I think I think the eighty-seven thousand IRS agents are probably going to go away now that the Republicans took the House. I don't think that, I don't think that's a real thing that's going to happen. Of course, if they can't get rid of that, then you know you'll know that these guys are completely useless. But um, you know, I, look, I'm all for taking taking another shot at moving federal agencies out of Washington um, because it'll get rid of a lot of federal employees that don't want to live in Wichita, Kansas, or. Boise, Idaho, or Oklahoma City, or you know whatever, um, and and you know you can if you can start playing the game of take a federal agency and think about what city to put it in, and that's actually kind of fun. Um, but um, you know, like uh, there are pieces of the FBI that absolutely need to stick around. Like for example, the crime lab is like really good, um, but in terms of having the FBI be the lead prosecutorial or or investigative agency. Uh, for all these different crimes that happen in a state, 
I think we need to rethink that because it's clear that the FBI is corrupted. Well, and also, um, I know FBI agents. I actually have one in the family, yeah. and morale is not good. Let me just tell you that. No, it's yeah. not. And, and I, I, you know, and I mean, this is the thing. There, we, know, we should have a Louisiana Bureau of Investigation, yeah. right? Like, they're, they're, you know, those things need to be sort of downloaded to the state level and the good FBI agents who are, you know, disgusted with how this thing is being run, you know, like I would like to see them have the ability to move to, you know, a state level investigative agency that does, you know, a lot of the same stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I, like, I, I think that, I think that's a healthier model than, you know, I don't know if you guys saw uh, Christopher Ray testifying in front of this congressional committee and Clay Higgins, hit him straight up with the question, were there federal informants or, or, you know, FBI assets, you know, at the Capitol on January 6th and Ray would not answer the question. Um, and that to me, that's disqualifying for the entire agency. Uh, if they can't definitively and, and, you know, provably say no, you know, we had no role in in uh, in inflaming that situation uh, for whatever purposes might have been might it might have been done. To, to me, that's an agency that's basically more the Stasi than it is the traditional FBI, and it needs to go away. Um, and you can look at there's a whole host of of agencies that that fit that. The Department of Education, you know, we had the the best educational system in the world before the Department of Education was was set up. And now of all the industrialized uh, countries uh, out there, I don't know that any of them um, uh, were better than. Scott, what so year that was right the, there is a good reason to get rid of it. What year was the Department of Education created anyhow? Uh, well, I, when Carter was president is when it got created. I don't remember exactly what year, 78 or 79. You know, Department of Energy was created created under Nixon. DHS was created under Bush in in, um, response to 9-11. And I I see absolutely none of DHS's stated functions that are operating better than before DHS was created. Like, I I see nothing that they do that is better than was done prior to 2002. Scott, can you stick around for a few more minutes? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take a quick break. And uh, when I come back, um, I just want to, I got to talk about this Fetterman guy real quick. And uh, I also want to uh, tell you about a joke that Jimmy Fallon uh, said on the Tonight Show regarding Herschel Walker that he got away with Scott Clean. I can't believe it mm-hmm. that he did. So I'll repeat that joke verbatim. I'll repeat it. And um, and then, of course, I'm going to tell you how the Republicans can win the next election. I have it. It's real simple. Okay. I can, I can okay. relay that in five seconds when you come right back. All over the road, the podcast in New Orleans. We'll be right back. I can't believe John Fetterman won. Hey, this is Charlotte. And I want to thank, thank you so much for the All Over the Road podcast and the prize of being with them at the New Orleans Mission Gala this Friday night, November the 18th in New Orleans. Thank you, Vic. You guys are the best. I enjoy listening to All Over the Road New Orleans podcast every week and can't wait for the new episodes to drop. Thanks again. Look forward to meeting you in New Orleans this Friday night at the Mission Gala. It's going to be wonderful. Thanks. This is the all over the road New Orleans midterm election recap. I am your announcer speaking. 
Now here they are. Victor Del Jona, Ted Semper, Scott McKay, and William Wallace. You're listening to All Over the Road, the podcast, with my brother and broadcasty, Ted Stemper. William yeah. Wallace is here from William Wallace for America. You can check him out uh, William, on you, radio. William, are you still for America? Absolutely. Yeah, okay, still for just America. America. Just check. And, of course, the lovely and talented Scott McKay, who's got a book out called The, um, Sur- uh, the Revivalist Manifesto. I re- and, by the way, I read the book. I love it. Uh, maybe we'll do another show where I can tell you a little some of the parts about the book that I really liked. Um, now, uh, <laughs> This guy Fetterman, he um, apparently won this election on a slim margin. The guy in Pennsylvania, and they had they had a debate that was maybe a week before the election. But apparently, three quarters of the votes came in before the debate. Do you think this is a legitimate reason why the guy? And of course, when he won, he was wearing a hoodie and sweatpants. Mm-hmm. His wife seems to be a, an attention monger. Uh, there were some photos that came out today of him, and the and she crops his head out. Wait, is that, is, that, is that his daughter? No, it's his wife. Wait, Fetterman oh. is married. Yes, I thought that was his daughter. No, no, no. Is it? Yeah, his wife is a an illegal alien from Brazil. Right. What's her <laughs> is name? It his, yeah, this is his wife. Okay, and and she's Gisella, I think her name is. Yeah, what did you say? Gisela, I yeah. think her name is. Yeah, it's something like that. And, okay. and apparently she just posted some pictures of her yeah, him yeah. and other dignitaries, <laughs> and she cuts his head out, cuts his body up, and you see her. Um, you know, do you think that that debate being, uh, too close to before a lot of people voted made a big difference? Like a lot of people are saying or no? Well, I, I mean, you know, again, because he was terrible in this debate out here. I didn't see it, but well, no, no, he was, I mean, it was catastrophically bad, but you know, there were a lot of people that had already, already voted, but remember, I mean, Katie Hobbs wouldn't even debate Carrie Lake. And it's because these guys don't care about persuading people anymore it's not about earning anyone's vote it's about returning ballots and in pennsylvania that's the game so you know this whole thing like you can run you know like i mean i I said it in this thing i wrote at the american spectator i mean they, they ran fetterman they ran a dead guy they'll run a body part They'll run a car part. They'll run a sex doll. They'll run a fruit or a vegetable. And I'm not trying to slur anybody. <laughs> they will literally run a fruit or a vegetable. I'm just they don't care. And their people will, I mean, the ballots, I'm not even going to say their people. The ballots will come back with votes for said fruit or vegetable. Or a They'll run a legume. Yeah, dead a, or alive. A pig, a pig with lipstick. <laughs> They'll run Caligula's horse. They don't care. And Fetterman fits within that, you know, wide panoply of potential candidates under these standards. <laughs> and and so he's in the Senate. And it's only a matter of time before his, quote unquote, health problems are too severe to serve. And we will get an illegal Brazilian as a U.S. senator what? to fill out his Is term. That- and then they will vote for her. I think she's a citizen now, yeah. but she came to the country as an illegal alien. Well, she was mail order. If I, I understand, she was a mail order bride. She, no. she really was, or no, close true. to it. I it's mean, really true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not spreading the rumor here. Okay, no. Um, 
Obviously, uh, I, now we're getting to the part of the show, uh, Scott, where I'm going to give you a real cut. And you tell me if you agree with this. Now, once again, I'm not an expert. I do want to ask, ask him something else, too. But Go ahead. Ask him. Ask him. About, right F, about FTX. We talked about the Democrats. Oh, yeah. their elections. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Oh, yeah. you know, FTX, yeah, FTX, FTX sponsored good, the good, good job asking for, about well, that, because that's you know definitely that they, an issue. Did you know that FTX sponsored the Major League Baseball umpires this year? Did they really? They, yeah, they had, an F, they had a, a logo <laughs> on their umpire uniform. Now, okay, t- th- this is a good question. But, but, I would love to hear what Scott had to say about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, look, it's and this is it's very simple, and I can do it very quickly. So um, we spent billions of dollars on aid for Ukraine. No sooner did we spend that money on Ukraine than they in, entered into a gigantic, multi-billion-dollar investment deal with FTX to create some sort of a crypto. Uh, currency that that involved the Ukrainian government. And so you had a whole bunch of aid money from the United States that got invested into FTX. And FTX's uh, head, this Sam Bankman-Fried or whatever his name is, um, was the second largest donor to the Democrat Party in this cycle. It was Soros, and then it was this guy. $40 million worth. And oh, by the way, he also donated two and a half million dollars to Mitch McConnell. Ah, that's a good who one. Who was sandbagging yeah. pro-Trump Senate candidates? So uh, your tax dollars paid for this, and uh, you know funded some of this uh, unethical, perhaps illegal uh, ballot harvesting program that. Uh, thwarted the will of the American people who five million more of us voted Republican than Democrat. And we got very little to show for it. So, you know, I'm going to say at the outset of this, because there's you know much more going to be said about it. I'm going to say at the outset that this might be the largest electoral scandal in American history that we're just now getting um, the beginnings of. Well, it's all about the money, baby. Mm-hmm. It's all about the money, Scott. All of the money. Thanks Pretty scummy, us, guys. Thanks, mm-hmm. for, thanks for joining us. It's Scott McKay yep. from The Hayride. The Revivalist Mephesto is out now. Mephesto. Be sure to get a copy of it. It's an unbelievable book. He, he goes after everybody, including Disney. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. And, um, you know, Scott, we really appreciate it. And uh, you know what? I think that uh, if the uh, Republicans want to win the election, it's real simple, guys. Here it is. Okay? The Democrats are running on pro-government. We need to run on pro-people. And that's it. That's mm-hmm. it. You want to be controlled by the government, you vote Democrat. You want to be free, you vote for Republicans. If they don't make that distinction, they're not going to win. I don't care who runs. Do you agree with that, Scott? Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm not an expert. I'm really an expert. Okay. Uh, now, real quick, let me tell you the joke that Jimmy Fallon said on The Tonight Show and got away with about Herschel Walker. All right, here it was. He said, you know, Herschel Walker is running for the U.S. Senate. Mm-hmm. He goes, and so we did a, a poll, on a voter's poll. And 10% of the people came back and said, we will not vote for him. And 90% said, yeah, we'll vote for him. He's my daddy. (laughs) And he got away with that. Yeah. Seems racist, huh? Where the hell was Black Lives Matter? NBC. There it was. There it was. Scott, we appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, man. Thank you.
Absolutely, and, thanks. And we want to get together. Maybe we'll do lunch. I'll come to Baton Rouge one time and see Teddy. We'll go do lunch. How's that sound? Yeah, we should do that. Yeah, sure. We'll bring yeah, William Wallace. William Wallace, thank oh, you, sure. buddy. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate you guys. And remember, All Over the Road, the podcast is now on TikTok. Teddy, tell them where they can find us on TikTok. Yeah, just, you can uh, just search AOTR Newology. You'll see us. And the listener line is now working, running and working. Yeah, it's a brand new number. It's 504, local area code. There you go. And uh, 603-6753. Thank you, Teddy. Thank you, William. Thank you, Scott. God bless you, buddy. Keep up the good work, okay? All right. See you guys. All right, guys. All right, buddy. All right, guys. Y'all take it easy. All over the road, the podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience and recommended by three out of four doctors who recommend podcasts. So be sure to check us out on Facebook. Check us out on uh, Instagram. Check us out uh, in bathroom uh, stalls. Yeah. And, of course, on the new TikTok location that we have here. And the new listener line is up. There's no reason why you can't interact with us. Let us know how you feel about the show. We appreciate it. Teddy, good job as always. Thank you. Thank you. William, thanks again. Thanks again, William. William, for America. Oh, thank you very much. Are you coming to the gala Friday night? I'll tell you that afterwards. Okay. (laughs) But you know what? I got to tell you how much I enjoy being here with you, Victor, and Ted. Well, we love you. I tell you what, I I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, we love you. You know that is. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Be sure to do that. And uh, remember, share the show because Teddy... Sharing is caring. Three, two, one. Sharing is caring. You ready? God bless you. Three, two... Thank you for being here. It kind of freaks me out to see you, quite frankly, because you've been very inappropriate, in my opinion. You've done more that has been, in my opinion, in violation of me as a human being. So with that, sir, thank you very much. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And thank and thank you very much. All Over the Road, New Orleans is brought to you by Coin Trader Inc. Mind your money.